0: We're leveling up on gaming on this Consumer Goods Edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, Fools. I am Sean O'Reilly, joining you here from Fool headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia, on a very rainy day south of the nation's capital. And I am joined by the one and only Vincent Shen. How are you today, sir? Hey, Sean. I'm really pumped for this show. This is... uh I don't know if you guys can hear in our voices. but We had like you know an hour and a half to prep for this one, and we're all like geared up, and we want to go play video games now. And, yeah, well, I think yeah. it
1: helps that you know both of us have spent you know you know half an hour every here and there the past couple of weeks playing yeah, Golden refreshing Plus, ourselves and our spent gaming a, a
0: decent chunk of my childhood playing Super Nintendo and N sixty four, and then Xbox, and then I realized I wasn't good at video games anymore. So, anyway, so uh, first and foremost, just give everybody a quick outline. We're going to talk about um, where video gaming has been, just kind of, you know, the current dynamic of the Xboxes and the PlayStations of the world. Then we're going to go into those wonderful online games that all of our children are playing on our phones. Uh, So, first and foremost, how big is the video game market,
1: Vince? I think that's what really surprised me, because, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really think about it in the business context. Yeah, And then... Now you know here at the Fool we look at it and we're like, oh wow, okay, so global PC and console game revenue is like ninety billion dollars. So it's a huge market. That's (laughs) a lot of money to be made in this industry. Yeah, that's like Coke's revenues or something. That's quite large. And so you know, even in more mature markets like uh, U.S., Western Europe, like they're still seeing pretty good growth. Though some of that is in some is through newer platforms like mobile that we'll talk about later. But uh, you know, the sales for the newest generation of consoles have been pretty robust
0: yeah so the playstation 4 has been outselling the xbox and then nintendo i mean it's obviously family friendly and it has its purpose there for wii sports and all that stuff but it's it's kind of losing to these guys
1: yeah so the issue there is i think at the beginning uh microsoft kind of made a small blunder well actually not that small where (laughs) they were pairing uh their you know their newest console the one and trying to get it out with certain accessories like the Connect and things and uh whereas Sony was pushing it with like games included with the consoles, more attractive package, the price point was better, it was about hundred dollars cheaper. And that kind of gave Sony some real strong momentum in the beginning. Yeah. Um Microsoft shifted gears around the holiday season, seeing like, hey, our sales are lagging. And I think it helped them catch up a little bit, but I still overall I think Sony has still outsold the Xbox by a pretty good margin.
0: Got it. Okay. So um, just give our audience some perspective, if you aren't aware. There are more or less three studios that make all of the traditional console and PC games in the world. The biggest ones, yeah. The biggest sure. ones, yeah. I mean, there's obviously a lot of side players and you know this, that, and the other thing. But we can't invest in them anyway, so it's fine. Um, first of which is Activision Blizzard. Then you've got EA Games, and bring it up uh, with in num- the number three spot is Take-Two Interactive. Um, so Vince, I've got a quiz for you. Which of these has the best return on equity? And for our listeners that don't know, that is net income divided by book value. And it is a rough measure of how much a company earns every year on what's been invested in the business up to that point.
1: My guess is EA Games, though I wish it was Take Two because they make my favorite one. Well, of course. Will you share with us what that is? Grand Theft Auto. Attaboy. boy. Your, though I haven't played concert. the newest one, but the originals. You know, the game, a lot of the game good times so as a kid. Um, what are you willing to wager on this? A 1000 gold. Okay.
0: I'm not cuz you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it is last year for fiscal year 2014, the return on equity of Activision was 12.1%, meaning they earned 12 cents for every dollar that had been invested in the business up to that point. EA crushed it with 28%. I mean, that is the average S&P 500 company earns like 10 or 12. Like that is awesome. And Take-Two was a negative number so it doesn't even work. Um Interesting thing, though, the four P.E.s, and uh, uh, for our listeners, all of our estimates and numbers are coming from uh, Standard & Poor's Capital IQ. Um, their four P.E.s are pretty much similar. Activision's is 23, EA is 22, and then Take-Two, they're assuming they're going to earn a buck a share next year, so it comes at a 27
1: Okay. Wow. But, Those uh, are actually,
0: you know, pretty reasonable valuations. It's it's obviously not like, oh my gosh, that's so cheap. And
1: Benjamin Graham would yeah. be all over this, but that's not. It's not crazy. Well, considering given... you know the market average for the S P five hundred, it's usually around twenty times, right? right. Yeah. So yeah, these yeah. aren't like you know mind blowingly expensive. Yeah. Like some of the other companies that we're going to talk about. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I,
0: I, I cannot wait for later in the show. Anyway, um, and I do just want to throw out um, the they are expected to grow their earnings out the next five years. So out to twenty nineteen, um, uh, Activision is going to grow at about fifteen percent we hope uh, ea is going to be about 12 13 percent and take two nobody knows <laughs> they didn't even bother estimating out that far because it's just too variable um what's interesting to me is uh I mean, EA, like that roe number they've done this for years ea is crazy profitable i have to think it's because of the uh, multiple franchises they just keep uh uh just churning them out on they've got the fifa series you got all the Madden games. Like, how long have they been making Madden games? Twenty years. Yeah, I mean, this is true. I mean,
1: well, when I first saw, when I first looked into this, I I thought that Activision would be the the leader just because they've got they we we'll that some in a Really yeah. big titles that I think about, like the Call of Duty series. They have the World of Warcraft series, but and when you what does about it have? Some Eight the, million people that pay money every month to play it online. Yeah, and it, I mean I, that's like crazy numbers. It's a, it's a nice revenue stream for them. But then you know, with Electronic Arts, you mentioned... That they have a lot of these sports franchises. They and, and those are very regular yeah. money. Makers I mean, this as well. they've
0: got the, the like the NCAA football series. I remember playing one of the original versions of that with my dad on Super Nintendo in the nineties. <laughs> like good old sixteen bit. Yeah, like I they they just you know it's a very consistent. You know it, they don't get crazy now. In more recent years, they've got like Titanfall and all the Star Wars games and stuff. So. They're they're doing okay. They yeah, got it. Looks like they have a very strong they portfolio do. of games. Yeah. Um. On the other hand, you know, with Activision, we obviously mentioned they've got uh, uh, you know, the World of Warcraft thing going for them, the Starcraft and Diablo and all that stuff. And uh, what were you telling me about Destiny? All the money they spent on this thing. So you know, this is dragging their ROE number down.
1: <laughs> there, yeah. There's been a lot of talk. Like Destiny was a huge title for them. Uh, there's been numbers thrown around that the game cost five hundred million dollars to develop. Over like essentially the past decade, Um, of course, you know the companies come out. It's like it was nowhere near that. The five hundred million dollars encompasses like the entire franchise because there's likely to be sequels. Yeah, and you know a lot of people were basically complaining because you know you spent that much money on the game and it and it costs like two or two fifty
0: to make the Avengers movies. The
1: initial (laughs) reception was kind of lukewarm mixed so there's just yeah. been kind of talk about that in the industry
0: their big cash cow though in addition to um all the people that you know pay to play warcraft online every event it seems to be the call of duty series i mean that that thing has been going on for 10 or 15 years total sales for the series have over 10 billion dollars and that is bigger than all the iron man movies all the
1: avengers movies i mean that's this is a big business mm-hmm. yeah they put a. Out- you know the original titles, like you said, they have been coming out for so many years, and I. F- You're talking about my middle school career right now. This is like oh man, back <laughs> and in then, time. Uh, like Call, of- and then in more recent years, you know they had a string where every new Call of Duty game was like their record bestseller. Like I remember, we, I did a
0: show uh, a year ago for uh, uh, you know just with Mark Reith, and we were talking about it. Video- we were like doing over and unders on what the Call of Duty was it Black Ops that came out last year. I can't even remember, but and I was like, oh yeah, I, I don't know. You know. I didn't know how big a business it was at the time. But it wound up like bringing eight hundred million dollars or something. These are blockbuster numbers, and they're just video games. Mm-hmm. So this is they're they're definitely not playing around. Huge business. Yep. Um and then of course you got Take Two. Um they aren't nearly as profitable, but did just want to throw out they've got like the Bioshocks games and of course they have your favorite. Their big cash cow is the Grand Theft Auto series. I was actually surprised they aren't as profitable. I mean that that thing's a
1: huge seller. Yeah, but I don't think it comes out quite as consistently as like a call of duty does or some of these sports franchises yeah so it's going to be a little choppier for them
0: they have tried to get in on the sports games so instead of like you know the ncaa footballs or the maddens they've got like uh nhl 2k for 2000 Mm. because they can't have 2000 you know it is what it is but uh, they're trying to get their piece of the sports action Uh, so moving on uh, we'll obviously make our stock picks later on but uh, now we've got this advent of ever since we all got a smartphone uh mobile gaming Um, and like the success of the candy crushes and that Kardashian game, like this is, I could never have imagined this five years ago.
1: Yeah. So, you know, in the past, I always thought of it as being either console games, PC games. You had some handhelds, like the Nintendo does very well with their, my smartphone is now my game boy or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. But Nintendo you know Nintendo's even Nintendo recently has done very well with their handheld. It's outsold even the uh the newest generations of the Xbox and the PlayStation. But in terms of unit sales, obviously. Yeah. But you know. in the uh in the grand scheme of things, like you know, to put it in perspective, you know, you can talk about a base of I pulled these numbers from a recent report where they think that, you know, even if the the Wii has traditionally sold like 100 million units, the original PS3 has sold 80 million, and then uh, some of these newer consoles have sold upwards of like 15 million units combined. How does that really compare when there was 1.3 billion smartphones shipped last year? And every smartphone, which is often, even in developing countries, the first device that these people get to connect to the internet, they start gaming on it. Right. So suddenly, and playing Candy Crush. So all of a sudden, <laughs> exactly, the mobile gaming market has just you know over the past few years, it absolutely exploded, and so even uh, in Southeast Asia and China, they think annual growths somewhere along the lines of nine, almost ninety percent. Even in the U.S. and in Europe, it's like close to fifty percent every year, um, and in North America, you know we have about twenty-four billion dollars of that total pie for the gaming for gaming revenue and mobile's a very good, solid $7 billion for that. And, um, you know, ultimately it's like you have these four platforms now possible for games. You got your TV, you have your PC, your tablet, and your phone. And I, a lot of people in the industry think that eventually that split's going to become pretty even where you divide your time between those four. And Whereas right now in the U.S., about forty four percent people are still playing TV. About a quarter of them are on the PC. And well, the, and back back, so I'm sorry to interrupt. Back in the day, it was hundred percent and sixty four exactly. Whatever. So or the PC games, yeah. right? So it was probably it was sixty forty in the US. Yeah. you know the the remaining thirty percent of gaming share is split between tablets and phones. Whereas globally, I think Americans just are. are they're more. Uh, they prefer like the console games on TV, whereas globally, PC has a bigger share. It's like forty percent, but the tablets and the phones have a bigger piece too. At closer to like thirty five percent. So we're investors here. What do we think about these companies? <laughs> so you know the big three uh, public companies uh, for mobile games are King Digital, Zynga, and Glue. Now, the issue is, you know, especially with King Digital's Zynga, like they've had very rocky performances since their, since their IPOs. Um King's training at like $15, they priced at 22.50 Zinga. I uh, I don't even want to talk about that. We're one. not going to move on <laughs> cuz they've Mobile. come down Blue Mobile. <laughs> approximately, you know, 70% <laughs> since their highs and they've had a very yeah. rocky history with their CEO as well, so And even King and Glue, um, they're trailing P.E.s, King's at 8, Glue's
0: 76, which is is crazy. I mean, they barely made any money. And then um, the other thing that was interesting to me was Glue Mobile obviously they have – I have an idea of why they're not nearly as profitable. They do mobile versions of popular titles like Monopoly and Call of Duty. But the problem is when you make a mobile version of Call of Duty, Activision wants their cut. It is not an original title
1: of them. That cuts into your margins a bit. Yeah, and that's that's kind of you know. <laughs> that's the, I think they have you know of the three companies. I actually think Glue Mobile has a very. Uh, it seems really to be more like, replicatable, and we'll get to. that I really in a like their like long-term strategic vision that their CEO has mentioned. Like he's got this view of having a really strong portfolio of titles. Like you can't always bank on getting a Candy Crush Saga right like kingdom.
0: Well, and this serves as an interesting contrast with king because they're trailing p is eight and the wall street is not pricing in any growth at all because they have that huge hit with candy crush and i
1: can you repeat a one-hit wonder like yeah the multiple 80s that, bands say no <laughs> Yeah, you know, candy crush saga pet rescue saga um they're trying to build like franchises off that core idea but they're not it remains nearly as successful yeah. as you know candy crush at its height you know a year or two ago and so you know they've traded down They're about around fifteen dollars um, Sean like Sean like you mentioned uh trade around eight times current year earnings, which is, seems cheap, but when you factor in what people are expecting for the growth and just the trajectory of the business kind of you're basically banking on them being able to replicate that success right it's pretty risky
0: they're not pricing it they this is like probably one guy on Wall Street guessing, but uh they earned buck uh, 80 last year per share and they're uh, at 2019 at best they're like, yeah. We'll Probably earn a buck sixty one 61 per share, but this is a total guess. It's not like you know I would trade under invest on anything in this at all. But it's really hard. I when you talk about Activision Blizzard, they've got like a huge portfolio, twenty years of success, cash cows, and all stuff. And they've got candy Crush. Um, I do
1: think that King what King has going for, it's got a massive player base. like they mon- do. the monthly active users is very impressive at five hundred and fifty million. That's gone up fourteen percent. And it
0: is uh, pretty addictive. I was talking to one of our super sharp uh, newsletter analysts down here earlier, and they just wanted to find out what happened with Candy Crush if you leveled up and actually paid the money. So, every time you get offered the opportunity to level up and, like, pay for, you know, I I even, I've never even played it, but, like, more coins or just the ability to move up or whatever, uh, they wound up spending a couple hundred
1: dollars. Well, yeah, those, the, the, these in-game purchases are for these mobile companies are their bread and butter. Right. Um, and that only happens 2% of the time but man <laughs> and you know there's talk now in in mobile gaming industry about you know the whales to people who spend like hundreds of dollars a month on their mobile games <laughs> the, like a they, casino yeah comparison. essentially right <laughs> um it, it, it's, you, commonly see this, you commonly see this in a lot of industries, basically where a small group of your customers are making up the line share of your revenue. Because some of these people really like their games, right. they have discretionary income to spend, and they choose to spend it. Do they get Do they the get comp like at casinos? Like, uh, <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, uh, Mobile has this vision of their like portfolio games. Uh, they've had a lot of success lately with uh, the Kim Kardashian Hollywood game, but otherwise, uh, you know it's definitely a bit of a riskier play but that's actually probably my pick for mobile games is glue Mobile specifically it's kind of like picking from three kind of questionable ones but yeah i like the long-term vision for glue and i think that's you like the, the most foolish you know pick going for it okay uh i'm i'm gonna be
0: super conservative i'm gonna go with ea games uh that forward p of 22 compares really well with activision uh they're gonna see growth they've got a amazing portfolio of titles and i think it's probably kind of a layup i'd take that too yeah but if you want a home run (laughs) very good well thank you for your thoughts vince have a good one thanks john i'll see you in the gaming room and that is it for us, Fools. But before we go, I wanted to make our listeners aware of a special offer. It is a uh, If you found this inf- uh, discussion informative and you're looking for more Foolish stock ideas, Stock Advisor may be the service for you. It is our flagship newsletter, started more than 10 years ago by Motley Fool co-founders Tom and David Gardner. We are offering the lowest price out there for our industry-focused listeners. It is $98 for a two-year subscription to Stock Advisor. You'll get two stock recommendations every month with insights from our team of analysts just go to focus.fool.com to take advantage of that deal once again that is focus.fool.com and as always people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about and the motley fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program for vincent shen i'm sean o'reilly thanks for listening and fool on listening
1: and fool on